Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I appreciate all of you hanging out with me as we break down everything that happened in college football and the NFL over the weekend, get you ready for uh, what is soon to be Republican House announced and uh, also break down what we have learned so far as all of the election results are coming in. Uh, That is all to come. But we begin with amazing time. Appreciate all of you that I met in Oxford. Uh, I had a really good time, although it was freezing. Uh, Some of you may have seen my fur coat that I broke out. Much Much needed homage paid there to Joe Namath. But my goodness, it was absolutely frigid. Uh, in Oxford. Alabama gets the win uh, and as a result there are nine teams that can still make the college football playoff depending on how things break down. Uh, And I'll run through who those nine teams are. I'll give you my college football top 10. I will also give you uh, my uh, SEC power rankings 1 to 14 and then I'll run through everything that we learned in the NFL with all of the uh, all the games that were played yesterday. But I want to start in college football with the nine teams that are still alive to make the college football playoff, all right? Uh, these are the teams if everything breaks down. Now, most significant outcome from a playoff perspective over the weekend, what a game. Washington gets the win on the road against Oregon. Phenomenal performance there by uh, Washington. Great game overall. Uh, and UCLA, after many people had gone to sleep on Saturday night, including yours truly, UCLA lost to Arizona, which means, I'll break down each conference, uh, there are three teams still alive in the SEC who could make the college football playoff. Georgia, which just has to beat Kentucky and Georgia Tech and it's in. Uh, Tennessee, which just has to beat South Carolina in Columbia this weekend, and then next weekend here in my hometown of Nashville, has to win those, and they're very likely in. LSU, which has to beat UAB and Texas A&M, and then finish uh, 11-2 and and beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, and they might in, get in. So there are three teams still alive in the SEC. Georgia, Tennessee, LSU. Uh, in the Big Ten, there are two teams still alive. Michigan and Ohio State. They play next weekend and the winner of that game will likely be in the college football playoff no matter what happens in the Big Ten Championship game. The loser, depending on how that goes, could still be on the fringes looking uh, to see what happens. TCU, which got a big win against Texas, 17-10, got up 17-3, I believe, if I remember correctly, never really significantly challenged in that game. Uh, So you've got TCU on the road this weekend against Baylor. They're only a two or two and a half point favorite. Uh, Baylor could upset the apple cart there. I think TCU has to go undefeated to get in, by the way. Uh, And then in the Pac-12, you have one team still alive. 
You have USC, the only team left in the Pac-12 with one loss. Everybody else has lost two or more. Then you come all the way across the whole country and Clemson and North Carolina, both with one loss, holding on by their fingertips to the idea that they might get into the college football playoff. Now, as we speak, I like to look at what the odds are uh, for national championships because this gives you a decent sense of how teams are likely to be favored and broken down. Uh, right now, Georgia's minus 125. Ohio State plus 250. This is to win the national championship. Michigan is 6-1. to one. Tennessee is 16-1. to one. TCU 20-1. to one. And then you get some big jumps up. USC 50-1. to one. Remember, USC plays U- uh, UCLA this weekend. Then they play Notre Dame. Then they would play the Pac-12 champion. If they win out, they have a decent chance to get in. I don't think that they are going to win out. It wouldn't stun me if UCLA beat them this weekend. LSU's 50-1. to uh, Clemson, 60-1. to North Carolina, all the way out to 100-1. to And then you have Utah, Alabama, and Oregon at 200-1 to or higher. There are really nine teams remaining that have a chance at the college football playoff. I think that we're going to end up, if I were predicting right now, I think there's a good chance that you will get undefeated Georgia, undefeated Ohio State, Tennessee as the three, and then depending on how TCU does, TCU may be in with one loss, certainly TCU's in if they're undefeated, or USC, or maybe Clemson, depending on how all this shakes out. Uh, But I feel good about Tennessee if they beat South Carolina and Vanderbilt being one of the four playoff teams. Again, still a lot that can happen. We don't know how all the games are going to shake out, but that is the way that I would assess college football right now. Um, By the way, I don't know what Texas A&M does. Texas A&M owes Jimbo like 80 or $90 million. They lost to Auburn. I have them ranked right now as the worst team in the SEC. They have lost six games in a row, which is pretty tough to pull out. Uh, Pull off, although pull out too. Um, They should have pulled out on the season. Um, And uh, right now we are sitting at Georgia is the best team in the SEC. All right, this is my SEC power rankings. Tennessee's the second best. LSU is the third best. Alabama gets the win over Ole Miss. I've got Alabama at four, Ole Miss at five. I think kind of everybody would agree that that's the five best teams in the SEC in that order. I don't think there's much of an argument for otherwise right now. Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Alabama, Ole Miss. By the way, Tennessee's resume strengthened if LSU and Alabama both win out until LSU loses to Georgia because Tennessee's going to have two top six or seven wins Uh, which is more than anybody else in college football is going to end up with for some time. Uh, Then I've got Florida at six. Florida's been playing a lot better under the radar. They have a good shot to go eight and four this year. Um, I think a lot of people stopped paying attention to Florida uh, when they lost to LSU and they lost to um, Georgia back-to-back by double digits. Uh, But they've since beaten Texas A&M, dominated against South Carolina. So I've got Florida at six. Mississippi State at seven, Arkansas at eight. They almost couldn't get enough offensive ingenuity going, almost had an opportunity uh, to get that win against LSU. I got South Carolina at nine, 
Kentucky at 10. Congratulations to the Vanderbilt Commodores on getting their first SEC win since October of 2019. How long ago was that? None of us had even, I don't even know we knew COVID existed the last time that uh, Vanderbilt won a game in the SEC. Uh, I've got uh, Auburn at 11. Uh, I've got Missouri at 12. Vanderbilt at 13. And Texas A&M as the 14th best team in college football right now. My top 10 is somewhat akin to what I just told you in terms of the teams that could go on and win championships. I have got Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, TCU 4, Tennessee 5, I've got LSU 6, Alabama 7, then I've got Southern Cal, Clemson, and North Carolina as my remaining top 10 in college football at this point in time. All right, so those are my college football takeaways. I always kind of run through quickly everything that happened in the NFL, and I will tell you what my takeaway was. Washington Commanders against the Eagles. I don't feel really strong on this game. I'd probably be inclined to take the Commanders just because the Eagles are going to win, I think, to get to 9-0, but... My goodness, at some point, usually a team loses, especially in the division. So it wouldn't stun me. Commanders have been playing better. 11 is a big number. I'd probably take Washington, although I don't love it one way or the other. Panthers get the win over the Falcons on Thursday night. Uh, Bucks, Munich, how great was the country road sing-along? I hope you got a chance to watch that. Tom Brady, seems like they got up big couple of turnovers late. The throwback to Brady was a ridiculous play call, uh, but the Bucs seem to have righted the ship. I like the Bucs to go on and win the NFC South now, host a home playoff game. The wheels are not completely coming off for the Bucs, although there's a story out. Giselle seems like bitter in uh, X now, is dating her jiu-jitsu instructor, which is just a ridiculous story. Um, but uh, but other than that, things seem to be going well for Brady. The Vikings. Vikings-Bills may have been the game of the year so far in the NFL. So many twists and turns. How about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings getting to 8-1 and one with eight straight victories? Uh, you look at what both Stephon Diggs for the Bills did, but Jefferson was just a freak for the Vikings. Some of those catches that he was making, they, they don't even feel real. Uh, the way that he was skying into the air and making the catches that he was, uh, Justin Jefferson was just a freak. Um, I mean, it was, it was clear that Kirk Cousins trusted him to make plays even when he was blanketed. That fourth down and long catch that he made is one of the best catches I've ever seen in an NFL game, particularly when you consider the circumstances where that's for the for the game continuing or a loss. Lions get past the Bears. Uh, the the Bears were up, I believe, twenty four to ten in this one, and then Justin Fields uh, wasn't great. Had a couple of turnovers. Fields has been playing way better, uh, but this division is effectively done. The Lions now are three and six. The Bears are three and seven. Titans get the win over the Broncos and another brutally ugly game. Titans offense is just hard to watch. Defense is really high level. We'll see what happens on Thursday on the road in Green Bay. Uh, Chiefs 
take down the Jaguars. It was a workmanlike game. I think both the Titans and the Chiefs took a lot out of each other on that Sunday night football game. And now the Titans having to turn around and play on Thursday, I think is going to be very, very difficult after two physical wars back-to-back. Dolphins, dominant against the Browns. I think you have to talk about Tua as a legitimate MVP candidate. I told you before the season started that you combine uh, Tyreek Hill with Jalen Waddell. Most explosive duo maybe we've seen ever in the history of the NFL. Pretty incredible performance there. I've got the Giants uh, getting the win over the Texans who continue to fight but just don't have the ammunition to win. Steelers, uh, Kenny Pickett, decent in that game against the the Saints. The wheels have come off for the Saints uh, without Sean Payton and without Drew Brees. We're finally starting to see that the Saints are a fairly average team. Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday, everybody ridiculed the choice to put Jeff Saturday in as the head coach, and yet the Colts go on the road and beat the Raiders. Raiders are sitting at 2-7 and seven now. I don't see how you can be remotely confident in anything you've seen out of Josh McDaniels so far in year one. Raiders, every game, it feels like they've lost by one score or less. Packers come storming back from 14 down to beat the Cowboys. 31-28 in overtime. Cowboys not happy with some of the calls that were made there late in terms of officiating. I certainly understand it. Uh, but uh, the Packers prove that they are still capable of beating one of the favorites in the NFC right now. Cardinals and the Rams, both starting quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford were out. The Cardinals go on the road, get the win against the Rams. And last night, the 49ers get the win over the Chargers. And I'm already kind of moving ahead and looking at the playoff picture uh, as we basically are at the halfway point here uh, of the season. And there's some interesting matchups, including the fact that the Bills are now not winning the AFC East. I think that surprises a lot of people uh, given the surge that we have seen from the Dolphins. Um, And the Jets aren't that far out of the picture either. So this is going to be an intriguing sort of storyline to follow as we continue to move forward, which is how are teams going to be seeded? Remember, we only get one bye. So almost everybody has to play in the wild card and it's possible the Bills, at least right now, may have to go on the road pretty much every week if they're going to make a run at the Super Bowl, which is why I think, I mean, if you look at the AFC right now, it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs no matter what. Uh, because it feels like they're going to be in the AFC Championship game every year. I should mention, so that's the college football and uh, the NFL, my reactions to everything that happened there. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Awful story out of the University of Virginia. I want to pull it up and make sure that I get these guys' names correct. Uh, It certainly is uh, incredibly awful. Uh, what happened at UVA um, and the fact that uh, that this could uh, this could have ever occurred is certainly uh, an indictment of uh, of of 
of how we could ever get here that a teammate is uh, is allegedly killing um, several of his teammates. Um, and by the way, my Wi-Fi is out in the house, which is why I can't suddenly pull up anything. They're building so many new things around here that it's almost impossible to have consistent Wi-Fi in my house, uh, which is a uh, which is an awful sort of situation in general. Uh, but let me make sure that I get this. Uh, the alleged murderer has been arrested. Uh, this is good news given what exactly happened, but the accused uh, murder occurred of Deshaun Perry, Lavelle Davis Jr., Devin Chandler. Certainly for anyone out there who is a college football fan, especially if you are a UVA fan, and certainly if you're the friends and family of these three innocent men, uh, the shootings occurred on Sunday night on campus, and they have arrested the guy who did this, who was a walk-on member of their football team. Thankfully, they have caught this guy, but just an awful story out of Charlottesville in terms of what happened there. Uh, and uh, there's nothing much else that can be said other than uh, prayers are up, and I can't imagine how difficult dealing with a situation like this truly is. Uh, all right, uh, let me look at the latest here, if I can get on uh, the internet. And basically, Republicans have won the House, okay? So the House races, while we're still dragging on and while we continue, while we continue to count ballots, which is something that has to be rectified before 2024. We can't allow this voting to be going on for days. We can't be uncertain about who won elections for this long. But what is important here is that millions of people ended up taking uh, and voting for the Republicans in this race. But because of, and I'll get to this in a sec, because of the way the vote was distributed, the, uh, the overall impact of these votes was not felt evenly. Now, Republicans, as I speak to you right now, lead in 222 different House races. So as these races continue to come in, we'll see what happens. 218 is control. So Republicans are, it appears, going to have control in the House. But some of these California races still only have half the vote counted. I don't understand how that's possible a week after the actual election occurred. Shouldn't occur, right? Uh, if we can get the votes in immediately in Florida, immediately in Texas, if you want to talk about the true sanctity of democracy, how about we resolve all of these races within 24 hours? That has to happen nationwide. We can't go through this again in 2024. We can't be counting votes uh, for uh, a week. We got to resolve this immediately as happened in Florida, as happened pretty much in New York, as happened pretty much in Texas, get almost all these votes in. Again, I'm looking at the tallies right now. Some of these California districts have barely half of the votes in so far. It's just crazy that we could ever be in this situation where we got at least another week or another two weeks. Uh, Democrats win the Senate. Republicans win the House. Big picture takeaway, Joe Biden has no ability to make things worse. So this is important, uh, and you're starting to see some of the things that Joe Biden argued he was going to do get struck down, such as, such as I might add, uh, the idea that he was just going to wipe out $400 billion in student loan. They tried to bribe young voters by making them think that their student loans were going to get canceled. The reality is that's unconstitutional. The Eighth Circuit, uh, district, uh, the Eighth Circuit just said no. 
They're not going to allow this. This will go to the Supreme Court. A Texas federal court has also said this is impermissible. I told you the minute that it came out, you can't spend $400 billion with the stroke of a pen claiming that you're able to do so because of a COVID emergency. It was clearly unconstitutional. And thankfully, we still have some judges out there that are willing to apply uh, the, uh, the truth here. Okay, several different takeaways. Independence broke for Democrats 51-49, according to an editorial in the Wall Street Journal. That was a surprise. So while it appears Republicans are going to get millions of more votes than Democrats, Republicans are only going to pick up a handful of seats in the House. Now, they are flipping the House, uh, but the amount of pickup of votes, the majority, is not going to be reflected in the House. Now, whenever this happens to Democrats, they run around talking about how elections are illegitimate because the majority party didn't get all the votes. But when it happens in their favor, they're mostly quiet and they talk about how a red tsunami didn't happen. Right now, I believe we're talking about around a five-point win for uh, for Republicans on the overall House vote. Four point, five points continuing to shift. It's a massive swing from what we saw in 2020 when Joe Biden won nationwide by around four points. We're talking about a seven or eight point swing in the electorate. Based on just those raw numbers, you would have expected a much more significant uh, cadre of House wins as well as Senate wins. But independence broke for the Democrats. The 2020 election questioners all lost, all right? Election deniers, election questioners, whatever you want to call them. Clearly, people want to look forward not backwards. And so I would say for anybody out there considering running in 2024, this argument about the election uh, deniers, the election questioners, all of them lost, basically, at least in competitive states. So it's time to move forward and stop looking back. Kathy Hochul, this is interesting. What I've been telling you for a long time, so many people moved out of blue and purple states because they were fed up with COVID policies. And they moved to places like Texas, Tennessee, Florida, North Carolina to a certain extent. And what we are seeing is a great nationwide uh, uh, resorting. And that means, I think, that red is going to get redder and blue is going to get bluer. So that's how you can explain millions more people, in my opinion, voting for Republican candidates but it not necessarily translating into the red tsunami or red wave. In fact, that's how Florida flips from DeSantis plus 30,000 votes to DeSantis plus 1.6 million votes. And that's how you end up with relatively tight wins, for instance, in New York. Here's a stat for you. Kathy Hochul won the governor's race against Lee Zeldin by around 326,000 votes. Here's a stat that will blow your mind. 556,000 people have left New York in the past few years. So hundreds of thousands of people, more than the margin in New York, have left New York State. Now, some of those people would have been blue voters, but I think you can make an argument that Kathy Hochul would have lost this election if we hadn't seen this national resorting, if New York hadn't been losing hundreds of thousands of voters. A huge percentage of those voters moved, I believe, to red states 
And that is why we are getting red state tsunamis, right? Tennessee, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, uh, Ohio. A lot of red states got way redder in this election, truth be told. Um, And I think a large extent that's because people have moved uh, from blue states to red states. Um, All incumbents. It's a big part of the story that I'm not seeing talked about very many places. Every incumbent running for statewide office, that is someone who already held the office, an incumbent, running statewide, not a congressional candidate, right? Someone running for Senate, someone running for governor, big elections, only one incumbent so far has lost. Uh, The governor, Democrat governor of Nevada, lost to Lombardo in Nevada. That is the only flip that I have seen in the Senate or governor's races where an incumbent has ended up losing. So 75% of people said, I'm unhappy with the direction of the country, yet overwhelmingly people still ended up voting for for people in office to remain in office. That is pretty crazy. And then I expect for more of these issues to occur. I think the state in the entire country where Republicans got crushed the most was Michigan. And that was because there was a referendum on the ballot surrounding abortion. (coughs) I expect that in many blue states, many purple states, and maybe even many red states, that in 2024, there will be a lot of abortion-related ballot initiatives that are out there for people to vote on because Democrats want to try to drive up turnout on abortion-related issues because inflation's unlikely to be that much better. The economy is unlikely to be that much better. In fact, I think we're probably going to be in a recession officially at some point in 2023 that even Democrats will have to acknowledge. Um, Certainly, crime is not disappearing, and the border is not becoming less of an issue. Maybe we can get a resolution in Ukraine, but in the meantime, Joe Biden is a disaster, and so they're going to have to focus on abortion uh, and also on January 6th and democracy and all these things. Uh, But end result, House is flipping to Republicans. That is massive because it means effectively Joe Biden's agenda for the next two years is over. The next big decision will be Joe Biden deciding whether or not he's officially going to run in 2024. I think that he will, uh, but he'll probably make that announcement in February or March would be my expectation. All right. I love all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. Uh, Appreciate all the support for Clay and Buck. Like I said, great time down in Oxford. Love the fur coat that I got to wear. Hope all of you are having a good start to your week. I'll be down in South Florida on uh, Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. So no uh, shows here on Wednesday, Thursday or Friday with this. Uh, I'll be on Clay and Buck all week uh, and I'll do this show tomorrow. uh, But that will be the end of uh, the shows for this week. Then I'll be in Lexington, Kentucky this weekend for the Georgia-Kentucky game. Look forward to that. Um, and uh, we'll see how the playoff picture looks as uh, we have it one more week after this one in the regular season, two regular season weeks, plus the conference title games. My name is Clay Travis. Appreciate you watching Outkick the Show. See you guys tomorrow.